Well, praise the Lord. It's, it's been so good to be here. Bless you, Caleb, Sandra, for sharing. Isn't it beautiful? Because of Jesus, they can share this testimony of how Jesus was working in their life. All, all honor goes to him. I guess before I had a new thought, before I get into uh, the peacemakers, today's Sunday school was about the milk and the meat, you know, and they were kind of lazy. And I had this new thought. See, I've been learning through these Beatitudes. And how do I word this, what I'm feeling? Would it be good, maybe once I'm done with the message, you'll understand what I'm trying to say, I guess. Would it be good that maybe we would go back to the milk and start our riot? We may think we're feasting on flame and non, and we're feasting on our own flesh. That was a different th thought that I had. We may think we've got the truth. And we may only be feasting on our flesh. Oh, there's so much. Um, I'll give you a little taste of what will be coming in one of the other brother's messages that he shared with me. We think we're so blessed. Okay? Because we've got jobs, we've got homes, we've got good health, we've got uh, family, and we've got whatever. I don't want to take this away from him, but I want to give you a little appetite to listen when he is speaking then. Does the scripture say that that's blessed? It doesn't. We're blessed when we're persecuted. In our sufferings, we're blessed. If that is how we're blessed, the person that who is struggling financially is not blessed then. But yet he's got Jesus Christ. He's blessed. We are so American warped, it's pathetic. That's why I'm saying it's time we go back to the milk and start over and lose this American thought. Is that making sense? We have been so influenced um, look at church history, how it's been lost. We'll get there yet. Today, let's go into, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Who does not want to be the son of God? See, Grandma Coons, she had this little plaque thing on her wall that had this little notepad on, and the only one note that I ever saw on that, 
And it is there today yet in mom and dad's house. Blessed are the peacemakers. And that's what I grew up with. When I was at grandma, it's just, why doesn't she change that note? I mean, it's there for years, and it's still there. Good memories of grandma. When you were at grandma's house, there was peace there. That's what she lived. That was a daily reminder for her. For her. Blessed are the peacemakers. However, you did not run over either. But it was settled peaceably. What a legacy. Okay, with each of these Beatitudes, we are nailing in another nail into the coffin. And inside this coffin lies the corpse of a false understanding of salvation. The false understanding said that a person can be saved without really being changed. You don't just give your life to Jesus and then you're adding Jesus, I should say. Or that the person can inherit eternal life even if his attitudes and actions are like the attitudes and actions of the world. You see, the cry of the Beatitudes is have a new heart. One after the other, the Beatitudes tell us that the blessings of eternity will be given only to those who have become new creatures. Sorry, I've been so excited. Welcome, everyone. It's good to have you here and the visitors. Welcome. It's, and it is such a blessing to feel good. My heart is beating right and I am full of energy. And it's just, I just wish I could talk faster. So what is a peacemaker? Or how do we become a peacemaker? It's going to be very simple today. I have one point. Purity is the basis for peace. James 3, 16 and 18. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, remember that, and without hypocrisy. If you look at, if you look at history, a lot of divisions in church, a lot of issues in church came from partiality. That is not wisdom from above. Let's remember that. I want to warn you, I may sound critical today, but I will wrap it up and balance it in the end, okay? So just bear with me and follow me through. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We must first be pure in heart in order to be the peacemaker, a true peacemaker. Please note, it does not say peacekeepers. It's a peacemaker. We can keep peace by shutting someone down. And that's not a peacemaker. 
Peacemakers have a deep sense of who they are. They know their place because they don't need... They know their own place because they don't need to prove themselves and someone else certainly does not make them agitated or upset just because they hold a different belief. We don't have to defend truth. We present the truth. There's no, there's no reason to argue Scripture. By the way, I guess I'll insert this. Later I will have the Beatitudes up here, just in case I forget. You know, we're getting full in here, okay? And there have been rumblings of, man, something And, uh, If you look back on history, it's, how would you say? Try to get the word. Anyway, it doesn't look so good. When people have added on or they've um, built a bigger building, then all of a sudden it dwindles down, they have a small group. I want to make something clear. We should never go forward and leading in fear of that would happen. We should never do that. Because that's not having confidence in you. Because the building never separates people. Okay? It never will. What every one of us has to be are the Beatitudes. The reason the churches fell apart is because of selfishness. It didn't go my way. They stomp out like a kid. That's, in God's eyes, that's foolishness. I'm going to be point blank. It's foolishness. That is not a born-again Christian. And I trust everyone in here is a born-again Christian, and we would not respond that way. Because I gave $50,000 doesn't mean I have more power than you who gave 10 cents. That's useless. So I'm trying to teach our way forward. If we ever do something, don't be so stuck on your way that it can't be any other way. That's what divides. It's not the building. Go to the root of the issue. You have a heart problem. If you are offended, it is your fault. It is not the other person's fault. You are not living out the Beatitudes. Therefore, you are not living out the rest of his teaching. The Beatitudes are prerequisite. I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, my goodness. We must be the Beatitudes. And we start blaming other things and trying to take care of that when it's your heart. Jesus always focused on the heart. Always. That's the problem. When churches fall apart, it's the people's hearts. They are not practicing the Beatitudes. Where was I when I now so rudely interrupted myself again?
Peacemakers do not have to make the other wrong in order to make others believe they are right. To be a peacemaker means not to condemningly judge or speak badly of people. That happens so often when something is starting to happen. It never helps to go talk to someone else about this person, whatever they've done, in uh, a slandering way. Peacemaking, Peacemaking is to hold people gently in prayer, wishing them to be well and free. That's a peacemaker. Regardless if he's your enemy. A peacemaker never takes sides. When we relinquish power, we become more open to the compassion of God. Far too many church issues have been settled by peacekeepers rather than peacemakers. Now I got the word. It's sad to look back at the track record of the church. It's come to the place where either it's conservative or liberal. Why? That's not how it started. It comes through self-seeking or people-pleasing leaders. Church splits because it wasn't my way. It's self-pleasing to them. Or it might be people-pleasing and they will err from the truth of God's word and go and throw away things that are clear in scripture that violate his word. That's why we have what we have today this wide range of churches. The leaders were not practicing the Beatitudes. They were peacekeepers rather than peacemakers. If the leaders go on one side, there's always a split. They try to keep peace by either not dealing with issues, not wanting to hurt someone's feelings, even erring from the truth, or just selfish ambition. So a peacemaker will not take sides. They will listen to both sides and then make decisions based on the truth of the Scripture. The decisions come from a pure heart. A peacemaker longs for peace, works for peace, and sacrifices for peace. Now, where there is a church split or a, relation, a relationship that is severed, has anyone sacrificed for peace? I want to bring a balance here. The attainment of peace may not always be possible. Because Paul said, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all men. 
Just don't let the, um, the rupture in a relationship be your fault. Because people who are peacemakers are sons of God. Another thought, would it be safe to say if you're not a peacemaker, can you be a son of God? So, let's take a look at this sonship. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, there's no excuse here, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Crying out, Abba, Father. You see, people who have become the sons of God have the character of God. His spirit of Jesus is in us. In our heart. See, we are partakers of the divine nature of God through the divine power of God. So if we're not a peacemaker, can we have the Spirit of Christ? Because Christ is the Prince of Peace. When, we are, when my life is hidden in Christ, I'm hidden in Christ, I'm hidden in peace. And I pursue peace. I'm going to take time and share a little story. Maybe so the children can maybe understand. And even, I guess it would be for all of us. There is a South African woman who was walking down the road and she was walking by this haystack and she saw this small snake's tail out, sticking out there. So she grabbed a stick and she was going to kill that thing. She started wrestling with this thing. And by the time the snake was out of the haystack, it was a 17-foot python that she was wrestling with with a stick. Well, this, uh, there was a man nearby that heard this commotion going on. So he grabbed a fence post and came running and crushed the snake then. What I want to teach you children is the sin is like this snake. It's hidden, and you might just see that small tail. Looks very innocent. Looks harmless. You can beat it with a stick. I can, I can try it. It won't get a hold of me. 
The next thing we know, if it wouldn't be for Jesus Christ, that innocent little sin has morphed into this big, crushing, deadly sin. And it takes Jesus Christ to deliver us. So don't ever play with the small snake tail sin. Because it can be that huge python. And it will crush you. You are not strong enough to fight it off. Jesus Christ has crushed the power of sin. We do not have to be partakers of it. I hope it's simple enough that the children can understand. Sin is nothing to play with. You're never strong enough to overcome it. It will grab a hold. And the wage of sin is death. Now I realize that was not a peacemaker story. However, where I am going now. So let's review who we really ought to be. We're supposed to be poor in spirit. We're broken, bankrupt before God. We're to be those who mourn. I had a new thought on this. When I had shared on the morning, it was our condition. We mourn and we're um, comforted. However, as a child of God, we should mourn the condition of mankind. We should mourn that it behooves us to do something. And then if we take that initial step and we minister to that person, they still reject it. We can still be comforted because we have listened to the Holy Spirit. We're to be meek, not defending myself, not promoting myself, and not being run over either. Pursuing the righteousness, hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're merciful, pure in heart, and then peacemakers. See, this is who we are in Christ. This is who we become when we're born again. We become new creatures. See, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is now who we are. I say it's enough of this false teaching. Enough of clinging to this false hope. Let's stop it in its tracks today. If you're not this, you don't have a true hope. I may sound condemning, but it's true. This is Christ's teaching. That is who we are when we're blessed. We're going to be blessed in the end if this is who we are. If this is not who we are, I think we're going to be condemned. We, this is who we must be. Jesus said, 
so likewise, whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. It takes a full surrender. And I may sound like an old record because I preach it over and over, line upon line. You've got to get it. If we are walking in the Spirit, as we are called to, there is now no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the, flesh, uh, after the Spirit and not after the flesh. So there's no condemnation if we're walking in the Spirit. So if we're walking in the Spirit, what's our life going to show? It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is that the fruit of my life? Is that the fruit of this con congregation? Are we walking in the Spirit? There's no room for bitterness, hate, slandering, putting others down, or just not getting along. There's no room for that. There is no room for that. There has been too many years that church-going people have been clinging to a false hope. The Beatitudes are a prerequisite to the rest of his sermon. When you're the Beatitudes, automatically you're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And you're not, judge not thee, be not judged. You're not going to be condemningly judging. Because you're a peacemaker, you're pure in heart. You're merciful. There's numerous years ago, I got to get moving. Um, the rule was made that, you know, the Ten Commandments are out of the courthouse and no more posted in the public buildings. We were upset as Christians, rightly so. But my question is, why were the Beatitudes never posted anywhere in the public buildings? Somewhere, the church lost the importance of the Beatitudes. We've been clinging to the old law of the Ten Commandments, which is actions. Jesus Christ comes along. He gives us a new set. Now, if you are the Ten Commandments, you will fulfill the Ten... If you live the Beatitudes, sorry, you will fulfill the Ten Commandments. It's just natural. It's accomplished. So why were we... F why in the history have we been focusing on the Ten Commandments? We should have been posting the Beatitudes everywhere. Can you imagine the Beatitudes in the courthouse? Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. They don't belong in the courthouse. The court's not for them. Don't you know that we will be judging angels? We don't need the court. It's time to get back on track. We must 
B, the Beatitudes. We must. There's no option. Christ's law will be fulfilled in these. Is that why we're not being the next Beatitude? Is that why we're not really being persecuted? Because if we are this, and we are there will be, um, I am so blank on words today. They're not really conflicts, but there's going to be friction there. So talking about the Ten Commandments, just out of curiosity, how many have the Ten Commandments displayed at home? Like maybe a plaque or there's a little scroll thing we used to have that's on a stand. I know we do. We have the Ten Commandments. Does anyone have the Beatitudes post displayed anywhere? We don't. I'm with you. I'm not being critical. But why not? This should be in front of us daily. This is who we got to be. The Ten Commandments are going to be taken care of. Christ brought this new law. I'm not saying we just put it away, but if we follow Christ's teaching, the old law will be fulfilled. I'm just seeing the importance. I've never seen it before. Till just this time, it was just, whoa. We must be this. So let's, today, let's completely surrender everything. Let's hold nothing back. And if you think I've been critical, I'm talking to myself. I want you to know, I am talking to myself. I have to continually ask God to seek me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts or my anxieties. To see if there's any wicked way in me. And that he would just lead me in the way everlasting. You see, truly, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's so easy to be deceived. The heart can so easily deceive us in thinking it's good. It's right. I can cling to this when we need to forsake all if we want to be his disciple. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there's just something that came to my heart. If there is someone who has been convicted today, 
and would like restoration or wants to just surrender all the day, I guess I want to give that opportunity that you can come forward and I'll pray with you. But I will continue with the prayer and if you do desire, I'm not even thinking there would be someone, but if there is, I want to leave that opportunity open. Father, we thank you for your word that is sharper than a two-edged sword. That it cuts through and divides the good and evil. And Father, thank you what you have done in our midst. How mighty and powerful you have been in this congregation. And we thank you and we praise you for it. You receive all the honor and glory. Thank you for your word and that we may grow thereby and mature and not be stuck being selfish, lazy, but that we would continue to walk in obedience to you and your word. Lead us into the way everlasting, Lord. Father, we pray for all the hearts that might be hurting in any way. We pray for healing on that. And uh, especially do pray for uh, Caleb and Sandra, the family, that you would heal their broken hearts, give them strength and courage through this time. And Father, enable us as a congregation that we could be your arms, your breast, and your lap for them through this time. When they need comfort, that we could give that. That you would work mightily through us. Bless each one, Lord, for coming. Enable each one to face the storms of life. A Father, where there is conflict, may we see that opportunity of being the peacemaker. Help us, Father, as we move forward here at this congregation that each one would be able to, by your Spirit, live out these Beatitudes. Enable us, Father. It's your work in our hearts and our lives. We praise you and honor you, Lord. We love you, Father. We love you. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.